This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now, your host. He always enjoys getting a new pair of running shoes. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Tony Felker, President and CEO of the Frisco Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers have provided value for him. One of the key benefits that we've realized from Holman Brothers actually happened many years after we started using them. We just completed our new strategic plan and understanding those subtle differences between transactional benefits and transformational benefits, the companies that use what they expect has been a key part in our strategic plan. And we really want to thank Holman Brothers for that. You can learn more about Holman Brothers membership sales solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Uh, for today's episode, we are we have two guests with us. We have uh, Josh Torres, or JT, as we'll refer to him, and, and Isaac Lee. And, and JT and Isaac are the co-founders of Chamber Life. Josh is a seasoned entrepreneur with multiple business with multiple successful business ventures, with a current focus and responsibility as co-founder for the strategy, sales, operation, and alignment of the North America Chamber Life business. His style is innovative, creative, and putting people first to benefit from the technology to ensure a better quality of productivity and success for chamber teams. He is enthusiastic, optimistic, and future-oriented individual with high energy level, having a creative capacity to recognize and pursue opportunities. Naturally capable of setting up the internal systems, procedures, and processes necessary to operate a business with a focus on cash flow, sales, and revenue at all times. Driven to be proactive in his approaches to everything with the vision to lead and inspire others. He has led chambers and associations for over 19 years and is married to his wife, Cindy, and they have five children residing in Northwest Ohio. Isaac has a background in running chambers of commerce as well as economic development organizations. He has over 15 years of experience in these two industries. In addition to being a co-founder of Chamber Life, Isaac is the executive director for Steuben County EDC in the northeast corner of Indiana. Isaac has also served as a board member and consultant to the Chamber of Commerce Executives of Ohio where he has worked with hundreds of chambers and economic development organizations across the state of Ohio and Indiana, identifying the best practices as well as comprehensive policies to help move organizations forward in their communities. In 2012, Isaac was awarded the 20 Under 40 Award in the Toledo market in Ohio. And in 2013, Isaac was voted by his peers for the 2012 Professional of the Year Award through the Chamber of Commerce Executives of Ohio. In 2019, Isaac was awarded the 40 Under 40 Award by the Greater Fort Wayne Business Journal. In 2020, he was selected as one of the nation's top 50 uh, economic development professionals by Consultant Connect. Isaac received his MBA from Defiance College and received his bachelor's in marketing and human resources from the University of Toledo. Isaac has been married to his wife, Kristen, for almost 19 years, and they have four children. 
But Isaac and JT, I'm glad to have you with me today on Chamber Chat Podcast. Why don't you both take a, a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions listening and, and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Hey, Chamber peeps. Um, JT here. So um, excited to be on the show today. Uh, love working with all of you um, in, in the state of Ohio and across the country. Um, super stoked to be here. Uh, one thing about me that um, I pride myself in. I have a serious addiction with uh, fitness and working out um, and really um, everyday um, regiment. Uh, so that's something that I spend a lot about two hours in the morning doing uh, before I start my day. Very good. I, I should show you my uh, my office space here. It doubles as my gym. So maybe afterwards, I'll give you a little tour. Nice. Let's go. <laughs> And, and Brandon and, and guests, thank you again for allowing us to take this opportunity to talk to folks. Uh, we, we've been in your shoes, so we love speaking the chamber language and talking about it and what's, what our best practices are. Um, a, a unique thing about me, and I'm not too proud to say it right now, but I am a Notre Dame fan. And yes, I know we lost to Marshall last week. Uh, I've heard it all, um, but I'm, I'm a diehard Irish fan, so I'll, 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 I'll be hanging on. Yeah, it's a rough start to the season, but you can't be where you are without being a Notre Dame fan, right? That's so, true. That's yeah. true. Well, like I said, I'm glad to have you both with me today. Um, as we dive in, usually at this point, if I'm interviewing a, a chamber staff or chamber executive, I haven't talked a little bit about their chamber, but as co-founders of Chamber Life, tell us what is Chamber Life? What do you guys do and as you service chambers of commerce and just give everyone a be little better idea of what chamber life is. Absolutely. Josh, do you want to start it? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I will. Absolutely. So, you know, chamber life really takes uh, two things that are most important to, to the business and chambers. And I say business because we're a business as a chamber organization, not a, not a nonprofit. We were re really want to run this as a business as chamberpreneurs, as I like to call them. So, you know, we came up with Chamber Life as a way to automate your task with recruitment and retention uh, that will then drive hopefully higher retention and, and conversion rates for your prospects that will ultimately lead to higher engagement um, and making sure that all of your members are touched multiple times a year with, with um, automated tasks that are assigned with our within our software. So we're, we're excited about Chamber Life and the ability to take a pain in the market that's been been there for many, many years and automate that process for, for many. Very good. Isaac, do you have anything you'd like to add on, on what Chamber Life's about? I, I think it, like several entrepreneurs or founders of, of technologies or software, um, this was born out of frustration of Josh and I being in the industry and having the same struggles that many of your listeners are having in terms of these packages, these platforms working for us, not just with us. Uh, and there was an opportunity to really automate some of these tasks that are very extremely important into our, our role of being a relationship-based organization. Um, so we often use the term, it was built by you for you uh, when we talk about Chamber Life, it, because it's truly sincere. Very good. I appreciate that. That, that helps give a snapshot of, of what it is that you guys do. So, and coming from, from two guys that have experience in chamber world. And, and like you said, being built, you built by you for you, because uh, you are one of them. Yep. <laughs> so thank you. Um, so we've decided as we go about this episode today to focus our discussion around that R word that JT had mentioned of, of retention. So We'll be talking about membership retention and maybe some 
uh, approaches to take as when it comes to membership retention that uh, maybe you haven't tried before. Maybe it's just maybe a different approach, different perspective. But we'll dive into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chambers of Commerce have been around for over 400 years, promoting communities all over the world. But today, so much is found digitally that Chamber Nation believes it's critical that there is a custodian of local digital information. They believe the Chamber is in a perfect position to be that organization. Chamber Nation provides an amazing membership management system you use to manage the Chamber and the community. They also deliver a complete membership development system that they manage for you to be sure your membership community is fully documented for search and much more. Essentially, Chamber Nation delivers an entire membership support department, which is perfect for those chambers with a limited budget that needs to do more. With Chamber Nation, not only do you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. When chamber leaders talk about sales training, they tend to describe membership knowledge. Of course, knowing how membership works is important. However, knowing how to sell memberships is essential. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching offers a unique balance of year-round membership sales coaching and mentoring to deliver the support your membership rep needs to consistently produce for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, I'm talking about membership retention. As we think of chambers out there, the frustration, like Isaac mentioned, of how do you get these people to come back year after year, see the value that they get for their membership? As you look at retention in membership, um, maybe JT, what what comes to mind as, as things that a chamber should maybe have a focus on or pay attention to when it comes to retention? Um, so I think one of the things that, you know, for many years we've, we've focused on is the R word retention. But I really feel that moving ahead, you know, for the future of chambers, we need to focus on two things, culture and the experience. There's two things to culture that as chambers, we really need to make sure that we are focused on. The internal culture, which is inside your boardroom, 
inside your inside your office walls, and then the external culture outside in your membership, outside in your community. Culture is a big deal. And if we're not managing and leading culture, um, that can really affect the, our ability to retain. Um, that culture can affect your brand, your brand um, awareness, your promotion of your brand, and then really be able to tell the story of what are people saying about your organization. So culture is a big deal. The other thing is, by driving culture, we drive experience. What type of member experience are you having at the after hours, at the luncheon, at the golf outing, even within your own board meetings um, with a new member orientation? Is that experience superior that drives a culture of inclusivity, welcoming, and making sure that we're always going to be there to take care of our members? I like that. Isaac, do you have any thoughts as far as uh, what a chamber should be thinking of when it comes to retention? Yeah, and actually it's going back a little bit in our history to how a lot of our chambers were formed. It's relationship-based transactions. And I I struggle saying the word transactions, but it truly is that. Um, Think about the, the life of 200 members or an organization, a chamber the size of 200 members. That's 200 relationships and not all relationships are the same. So you really need to understand what each one of those relationships are are looking for. Some are very needy, want to be at all your events. Some are just, hey, I'm here for the benefits and everything else is a cherry on top. Understand what that relationship is and drive that home each and every year. Everything else um, that you try to do with that member to get them out of their space might not achieve the same goal or return on investment in terms of your time you're spending. So really understand what your members are, what they're trying to do with the relationship that you have with them, and really concentrate on that. I like that. And you're saying relationships, and what I hear out of that is expectations. Like as you develop these relationships, you're better understanding what the expectation is for each of these members. And oftentimes, if you've got a 200-member base, you've got probably close to 200 different expectations of what they're looking for from you as a chamber. So without building those relationships and understanding what that expectation is, it makes it hard to create the culture and experience. It's a value to them to keep them around for a long time and, and for them to, to recognize the value that you provide. Um, as we circle back, JT, I want to talk a little bit more about the culture. How do you decide what direction as a chamber, what direction do you go with creating culture and and what your culture looks and feels like? So that's a great question. So two things, um, you really need to understand your membership and and make sure that is your board of directors set up to really good view of what, who your members are, who sits on that board table. Is there a board matrix that represents as best as you can your total membership? Um, That's one thing. And the second thing is in the office, what type of training and professional development are we doing to help drive culture, drive engagement, and make sure we have very much uh, chamber execs that are excited to come to work. They know what they're doing. uh, They have the tools and the resources to be successful. And then that culture within that office, you know, who was the best fit to drive membership retention or do sales or do events, those types of things. Many of our, our peers in the industry are, are solo chamberpreneurs. They're by themselves in the office, full-time or part-time. And we have many out there that listen that are volunteer run, that are trying someday to become revenue-driven to the point where they can have a paid position. So 
really understanding do we have the right fit, the right personas at the board representing the, the community? And then internally, do we have the right fit of individuals with the personas that can drive engagement and innovation inside the office? So without being too abstract, I mean, is, is there a couple examples of culture? Like what comes to my mind, and obviously every chamber is different, but just to throw some examples out there, if you create a culture of at our chamber, we show up and support new businesses with a ribbon cutting. Or at our chamber, you know, we do an annual, you know, luncheon for the, uh, you know, first responders, we'll say. We have a, you know, great respect in our community for first responders, and that becomes part of the culture. Is there some examples you can think of uh, that, and I'm hesitant because I don't want a chamber to listen and say, oh, I have to do that, right? It has to be catered for your community. But what would be some real examples without being too abstract as to what culture could look like? So one one example that we we share in our association work, um, and we've we still unfortunately have in our industry is the lack of welcoming at some sometimes our luncheon and our after hours, just by creatures of habit and just in most instances by accident. When you have a new prospect that's trying to join the chamber, or they're a brand new member and they come to an event, they don't know anyone, and they're they're not maybe assign an ambassador or assign a board member to to look after them if they're on the registration list. That right there is a sense of how you can create an experience based upon the welcoming culture. They walk into a room at an after hours, two things happen. You know, they've got to be introduced and then they've got to be able to follow through. So by driving engagement at those events and making sure you're inclusive and welcoming to that member will give them a positive culture experience that will then hopefully drive more of that retention piece for them. I like so. that. Uh, Isaac, do you have any thoughts that come up as far as what culture could look like? Some examples? Yeah. So Josh is looking external to the organization. We just did a training last week, internal to chambers of commerce, specifically for boards. And I'll take that angle. Yeah. When you're building the culture of your board, there's usually three different expectations. At some core, there's these expectations. It's either that the board members offering their time, T, talent is another T, or treasure. And we're trying to teach that our staff and our board should understand what the culture is or what the nature is of that board member to have a good mix. It's very difficult to have somebody who's only there to offer their treasure be the one to volunteer at all their events, meaning I shouldn't say treasure, but the ones that's offering up their treasure. They're, they're may, they may not offer up their time. That's not what their skill set is, and we shouldn't expect them to do otherwise unless it also matches with what their motives are of the treasure. So it's the culture that we set within our board or our organizations um, can also matter and have a, a, a deep impact on the success of our organization. I like that. I like that response a lot. Um, as we look at experience, uh, creating a, a positive experience, it helps you, know, you have that culture that is going to drive the experience. Um, Isaac, maybe we'd start with you on this, you know, going down this path with creating that experience for members or board. I mean, you can go either direction you want with that, but how do you go about creating that experience? So one of the things that I recall for myself uh, when I was at the Defiance Area Chamber, um, I had an experience where I was really paying attention to the relationship of my member. And I found out that this local business of mine, uh, there was a husband who was running the organization and assumed because of his title, he was he was the go to. 
Um, it wasn't the case. Actually, it was a family owned business and the wife did the books. Um, but in a relationship, it was uh, unique in the sense that I was at an event uh, with them asking for sponsorships. I had been unsuccessful, um, but I listened to a conversation between these two individuals about this party that they were getting ready to have in, in the coming week. And the party was not about a family member. It was actually about a dog, um, a very endearing dog to this family. Um, a couple of weeks later, I, I had seen the wife uh, and the husband at another event and something drew me upon the fact I should ask about how the party went. Um, I did. This coincided with an ask of about $3,000 that up until that point I asked about the dog, I was not successful. So when you think about, you know, what it means to really drive home with a relationship, it wasn't anything else that I offered at the Chamber of Commerce uh, as their executive director, other than the willingness to care and ask about a family pet. I like that. That's uh, that's huge. Just being able to get on a, a relationship level with them where I like to say you're building a relationship of trust. You're not just coming after them for money for the sponsorship, yep. but you're showing that you have care and interest in them. So that definitely creates a, a better experience. Now there's follow-up there too, Brandon, right? So every yeah. year after that, when I was there, guess who got a, a birthday card? The dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so JT, how about on, from your perspective with creating experience? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so no birthday cards to dogs. I'll, I'll say that. I haven't had that in my tenure, but... I really think what drives a, uh, an incredible experience is when you identify the pain that a said business is having and identify a gain that the chamber provides. You know, chambers uh, have fantastic wear um, with networking, but sometimes we need to up our ante and really understand what's that, what's that business experiencing, you know, and how do we give them a feature, not a benefit. Let's talk features, not benefits. Let's talk about what feature of the chamber we can provide to them to have the ultimate experience. And most, quite honestly, if you can solve that pain with a gain, that may be networking, that may be some of the great affinity programs that are out there, that may be program and educational work that you provide to them, that may be um, work that you're doing in advocacy, workforce development, talent attraction, DE&I, whatever that pain is, if you have a gain, which I'd like to call a feature, that definitely drives the experience because then they realize, ah, Somebody's going to be able to help me and somebody's going to be able to, to guide me through navigating my challenge. I love that. I heard a quote a while ago and I, I wish I could remember who it was, but um, it said something to the effect that if you can identify the pain for your customer or we'll say your member better than they can describe it, that they'll automatically assume that you have the answer, that you have the solution. So if you can go about identifying what these pains are, then they're going to come to you for the feature, for the, the gain, for that benefit that you have to offer to them and create a positive experience going forward. Um, so I had a while back, I had, I had read a book called You're Invited. And the whole book is about creating experiences for people where, um, I don't know, I can go down a, a, a deep rabbit hole with what the book's all about. But one of the takeaways that I got from it and relating it to the chamber world is chambers are known for their networking events, right? right? And when you open up a networking event for any business in your membership, people come, they're super uncomfortable. They might grab a drink. Once they're done, they're out of there. 
you know, if they don't have their buddy there to, to you know, meet up with that networking can be super uncomfortable, but if you had a, a carefully curated mixer, yep. um, say for example, for real estate and you had title companies and you had banks and you had real estate agents and they all have a common interest with each other, then all of a sudden they have a reason to talk to each other. You know, the, the realtor may not have the need to talk to the, the vet when they don't have a pet, you know, necessarily. So it just creates some more, you know, natural experiences to build upon. Um, and that really struck me as far as creating experience uh, within a chamber is even just looking at it from the, the point of view of networking events. But um, I like to have, you know, anybody I have on the show, think of any, any tips or action items as we, and we've got you both on, you both have, you know, great experience in the chamber world. So I see this as being like a bonus episode, <laughs> a two for one. Um, but what kind of tips or action items would you share for the chamber champion listening who wants to take their chamber up to the next level? Isaac, let, we'll, we'll go with you first. So I think one of the things Josh and I've been talking about, and it's at the core of uh, chamber life and what we do in terms of some of the automation is looking at the 90 days prior to an invoice as a great deal of opportunity. Um, far too often we catch them after they've started the invoicing and asking them for money. We need to really work on the relationship 90 days prior to that invoice being created. That way, when they get the invoice, the uh, the ability for that company to to remember why you're providing or what you're providing and why it's important it, it's it's a quick recall it's a quick payment you're not being judged against another invoice especially for our smaller businesses who might be on a shoestring budget um, they're going to recall it a lot quicker so that 90 days prior to an invoice is extremely important in a relationship I think that is so valuable. Have you seen metrics of, you know, chambers that do implement the 90 days before versus ones that don't and what that retention rate looks like? Yes. Yeah, so chamber champions out there will probably relate to this. We've seen a pretty long, extensive accounts receivable report, 90 plus days, right? Yeah. We've been able to show uh, some pretty good track record, records of reducing that by half. Again, you're still going to have some folks that just don't pay or corporations that just take longer, 30 to 45 days. We understand that. But those that should be paying right on time, we've seen a drastic increase uh, in how fast a chamber will receive its cash, uh, lowering its AR report and allowing us to spend more time elsewhere. But what I like about that is when you're building that relationship or putting more attention into that relationship, we'll say 90 days before the invoice is created, you're doing the work to meet those expectations for that member before that time comes versus once the invoice is created and then you're trying to collect payment, trying to see, you know, resolve problems. And it's a whole different skill set on how you approach and handle the, the, the situation. So right. being able to stay more congruent with what your values are and mission is as a chamber, I right. think that's, that is huge to, you know, have more focus on that, that relationship 90 days prior. I love right. that. JT, how about you? Any tip or action item? So I call it the SW factor, SW, skill and will. So I think in, in the uh, world today, uh, we've got people that have the skill and we got people that have the will. If they don't have one or the other, what do we do to help them? So specifically with chamber staff and the teams that we work with across the state, 
Um, and across the country with, with some of the work we do, we've got brand new executives coming in that have the will, but we really want to make sure they have the skill. So it's really near and dear to Isaac and I to make sure that we set up chambers for, for success. We set up executives for success, for career pathways, for chamber, ma chamber management and leadership, quite honestly. And then look at our boards of directors. They continue to turn over. There's board burnout, no different than there's executive burnout. And we find a lot of the times that we have board members that are willing to serve, but they don't have the skill. They don't understand what's expected of them at that board of directors table. They don't understand what's expected of their skills, the skills that we can leverage of theirs to really understand how to govern the Chamber of Commerce. And then you've got your members. They've got the will, but do they have the skill specifically to network? You know, I think chambers have a huge opportunity to do education attainment in networking. You know, we bring all these people to these events to network. Some of them are very uncomfortable, but then if networking is one of our number one spaces in some of, uh, in, in, in chambers, um, what are we doing to educate that member on how to specifically have the skill to, to actually network understand the follow-up afterwards that drives more value for their experience. I think that's a valuable resource right there, teaching how to network. <laughs> again, like I mentioned, it can be super uncomfortable and, and, and it, it can be perceived. You go to that experience and it doesn't go well as being a total waste of time. And what value does the chamber have for me if that's what their main selling proposition is? So being able to set them up for success, I think is huge and goes right back to retention as well. Um, so I, I like asking everyone I have on the show as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? JT, let, we'll go with you first this time. So I think the great business startup is happening and we see individuals that have had the skill for many years working for others start working for themselves. So I think entrepreneurialism and driving freelance in the gig economy, I think is here to stay. I think chambers need to embrace and, and um, really empower entrepreneurship in their communities and be at the table with centers that provide that or find a way to quite honestly crowdfund a entrepreneurial community or, or create that ecosystem or be part of that ecosystem. I think that's a big deal. Second to that, I want and hope that uh, chambers across North America. Um, we, you know, again, we work in different parts of the country, um, even into Canada um, and in the South Caribbean. There are, there is absolutely an opportunity in the next five to ten years in chambers for us to be driving global economy just through chambers, um, having more of that virtual reality, the AI with chambers across the globe, having meetups with chambers in England, having meetups with chambers in Hawaii, maybe chambers in Canada, and having live online networking opportunities that drive more of the global economy and get people really introduced to other parts of the world. Um, I think chambers are positioned to do that fantastically. I'm glad you touched on that, the AI and, and the virtual experience, because we gained a little bit of that through COVID, learning how to use Zoom and do that sort of thing. But I think as we look to the future, for me, I, I actually am just releasing a blog post about this right now too. But as we look to the future, I like to look at, you know, the kids that are being raised right now. What are they into? What What's their level of engagement? And they're all playing these, you know, immersive, we would call them a video game, right? Whether it's Fortnite or Roblox or, you know, any of these immersive type of games. And it's not a start and a finish. Like they're living a life within this game and they're actually doing commerce within these games. So as a chamber of commerce looking to the future, 
they really should be looking at what that that future generation is doing and figure out how to get involved with that you know virtual commerce that's go, that is going on because it is very real mm-hmm. so Isaac, what about you? How do you see the future and purpose of Chambers? I see the future that if you don't change, you will become irrelevant. Uh, And what I mean by that is most Chambers have ran events the same way for a very long time. And there's not anything wrong with that. But because of demographics, because of generational changes and the things that the younger population are looking to get out of that relationship, some of our older events have a tendency to, to fall by the wayside, declining revenues, declining attendance. Uh, they don't offer the opportunity for them to be virtual or engage virtually pre and post the event. So really look at the things that you value within your organization, the events that you do, and find ways to introduce the opportunity to allow those to happen pre and post in a virtual environment, getting all populations involved, both young and old, um, from all dem- different demographics and diversities um, to make sure that we're, we're, we're preparing ourselves for what, what comes ahead in terms of the way the population looks. It's going to change. It's changing now, right underneath our nose. I like that. And obviously, there's a lot of events that Chambers put on. But if you focus on maybe that, that big event that you do each year, or maybe it's a couple events, it, as you were sharing that, Isaac, I was thinking at ACCE conference this year. They had the app. People were engaging, you know, a week leading up to it. And even a few days after the conference, you know, continuing to have those discussions and network virtually. But then when you're there in person, it was that much better. So great example. Um, I wanted to give you both an opportunity to share any contact information for people who'd like to reach out and connect with you. And why don't you share who would be the ideal type of chamber to, to work with? chamber life and and who could you best service? Ooh, Josh, you want to go? You want me to? So I would say our, our, um, the best benefit that we can provide, um, for executives is, um, a smaller to mid-sized chamber. That is really our, our, um, our sweet spot. Um, we provide, uh, uh, in addition to our automated, um, productivity tool, chamber life, we provide chamber moguls, which is a, um, a very much accelerated approach to leadership training, not management training for chambers. Um, so we're, we're really in the business um, to take managers to, and to make them leaders. Um, so our software, of course, does that one component piece where we automate the technology to give you more time to go out and build your business, your chamber. Um, so I think that that is definitely a, our, audience, our core audience. Very good. Brandon, I add on that, Isaac. I was just going to say, I would add to it. um, In addition to the small and medium sized chambers, there's really three things that we know our end users who excel in the system are doing or have done in the past. If you write on post it notes and have them in your office, if you have a journal, and these are not all encompassing, by the way, if you have a journal and you use it actively, or if you have reminders in either Outlook or or, or Google or any other email services system, Chamber Life can help you with your organization. So I think you just hit on everybody there between post-it <laughs> notes, journals, and the, those reminders. So, yep. uh, <laughs> so contact information, what would be the best way for these, especially small and mid-sized chambers to reach out and connect with you guys? So they can go to our website, yourchamberlife.com. 
and um, they'll be able to get our information on there. They'll be able to book a demo um, to either speak with us further about um, these types of uh, um, um, opportunities or um, take a test drive of our software. Very good. I will uh, get that in our show notes for this episode so people can find that easily if they forget to add your to the beginning of that or whatever. So they can just go to the show notes and find that. But um, Isaac, JT, I appreciate you guys taking some time to be with me today here on Chamber Chat Podcast and and addressing an important issue of retention. I mean, that's a, kind of that stress that's on top of every chamber is how do we keep these members that keep showing our value and relevancy. So thank you for sharing your insight and experience with us. And uh, I've appreciated it. Thank you, Brandon. We appreciate it too. Thanks, everyone. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.